Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Today's topic, the call of Isaiah the prophet in the temple of Jerusalem when the king had died. This is Isaiah's first call in which he beholds the majesty, the glory, and the holiness of the living God. But today's subject is the paradigm for biblical worship found in Isaiah's experience. Christians, uh, believers, both Jews and Christians, historically, have always turned to Isaiah chapter 6 as an example of biblical reverential worship. And in fact, the historic Christian pattern of worship, in many respects, reflects the experience of Isaiah and the temple on this day. I thought I would review that with you today. As we look again at the experience of Isaiah and the temple in the year that the king Uzziah died, where God allowed him as he went into the temple, possibly to pray, to seek the face of God, to see that the real sovereign, the real king, was still upon his throne, high and lifted up. He was still in the temple, and he was still on the royal throne of heaven. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, Yahweh of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The foundations of the threshold shook is the voice of him who called. And the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost from a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the sovereign Yahweh of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away. Your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord, the King, the Sovereign, saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and say to this people, Proclaim to this people the message I put in your mouth. Now Christians have historically looked at this experience of divine worship as a pattern, a paradigm for ordered Christian worship. Notice that it breathes the air of sanctity. It breathes the air of holiness, of holy reverence. When we come to the gathered people of God who have gathered to worship him, we should come with an attitude of reverence and a heart that's hushed before him. We should behold God in his glory, and the worship service should begin with God, not with man. We are summoned into worship by the action of God who has redeemed a people for his his namesake. And so we are a holy priesthood, who to offer up to God acceptable sacrifices through Jesus Christ himself. So as Isaiah enters into this experience, the first thing he notices 
is the greatness, the glory, and the majesty of God. And he's so overwhelmed by the holiness of God that there is produced with him this consciousness, self-consciousness of his own unworthiness to be there. And he cries out, woe is me from a lost. I'm lost and I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the middle of a people of unclean lips. We're all lost. Mine eyes are seen. Yahweh of hosts, the king. How, oh, how can I stand here before him? But the answer comes. One of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a burning coal that he'd taken with thongs from the altar. He touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Here is traditional Christian worship, biblical worship, a paradigm for it. It's not the only paradigm, but it's certainly a paradigm we should follow. At times, we should follow it. And at other times, maybe we can have some other things in it, but always this structure must somehow be present. God's presence, God's holiness, our acknowledgement of our sin and confession, our entering into the experience of the forgiveness of our sins and having been touched and cleansed by God, we can now give to him acceptable praise. We're in a position to hear his word read and the position to hear his word explained and applied to us. We're in the position to give to him the gifts that he has given to us. We're in the position to acknowledge him to be our great sovereign and to present ourselves before him as a living sacrifice, as one who has been redeemed by his name, who can now bear his message to others. So we see holiness and reverence as we come into the presence of God. And this is reflected in one of the most popular hymns of the Christian faith. It was written on a Trinity Sunday by a great worshiper of God. It's called Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning, my song shall rise to thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Holy, 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 all the saints adore thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee, who art and were and evermore shall be. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, though the eye of sinful flesh your glory may not see, only you are holy. There's none beside you, perfect in power and love and purity. That hymn is based directly on the paradigm of this worship experience of Isaiah. Sins confessed, cleansing embraced, forgiveness declared, and now hearing the word of God as it's read, as it's preached and declared to us, at which point we can respond in faith and surrender to the calls of God upon our lives. This is the way to enter into God's worship, to enter in with reverence, to enter in with expectation, to enter in with an acknowledgement that we are there only by the grace of God and to hear his word with faith and confidence that he who promised will bring about the full salvation that he has secured for us in the death of his beloved son whose blood cleanses us from all our sin and whose spirit makes us a dwelling place of the Most High, 
so that we become a spiritual temple here on earth to offer up to God spiritual sacrifices, holy and acceptable through Jesus Christ our Lord. And part of that sacrifice is to surrender ourselves, our minds to his instruction, and our bodies to his service, and even our emotions channeled to give to him the great love and adoration that he is due. We should learn to worship. We should learn to worship from the word of God itself and from the patterns that are laid down for us in the word. And we should not introduce into our worship man-made things that do not reflect the character and the truth of Almighty God. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. Until next time, remember, God is holy and he deserves our worship.